The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus exclaimed, I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. For although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to little ones. Yes, Father, such has been your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. For my yoke is easy and my burden light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. So if I had to give a title to tonight's homily, it would be this. Love is beautiful. Love is beautiful. And if you've heard me preach here, most of you have probably heard me now in these last several months. I made a resolution to read a number from the catechism of the Catholic Church whenever I get a chance to come up here on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning. And so, in light of today's readings and of this message that I want to share with you today, I will read from number 1966. It's in the third part of the Catechism, which deals with our life in Christ, or you could say how we live, our calling, and our salvation. So here's what number 1966 has to say. The new law is the grace of the Holy Spirit given to the faithful through faith in Christ. It works through charity, love. It uses the Sermon on the Mount to teach us what must be done and makes use of the sacraments to give us the grace to do it. And here's a quote from St. Augustine. If anyone should meditate with devotion and I should have read this ahead of time. Perspicacity. On the sermon our Lord gave on the mount, as we read in the Gospel of St. Matthew, he will doubtless find there the perfect way of the Christian life. This sermon contains all the precepts needed to shape one's life. All right, so there's a point here. A lot of it is highlighted in our second reading today, Paul's letter to the Romans. But I think it helps to approach it from the gospel. Because, let's face it, we all struggle with with the flesh, right? Our human nature is something that we all have to wrestle with because of sin. That happened because of original sin. And the big word that theologians give to that today that starts with the C is concupiscence. How many know that word? Concupiscence. Yeah. A lot of you. Not all of you. Okay. So you learned a new word today. Concupiscence. Q 
Kids, you can test your parents when you go home. Concupiscence, all right? That's a big word, I know, for a, a Saturday in the summertime. Like, I'm not supposed to learn anything over the summer, Father. Give me a break. Concupiscence, four syllables, not too bad, right? It basically means that we wrestle with our fallen human nature because of original sin. We've all been forgiven. However, we still suffer the effects, the consequences of original sin, which is our tendency to be selfish, self-centered, you name it. I like to say we all experience it every morning when our alarm clock goes off and we want to hit the, the snooze button. Right? That's one little example. But it obviously has a lot more serious consequences than that. And so it's true. We all have to, to deal with that. But the good news is that God gives us the grace, the Holy Spirit, his power, his presence, his love, his light, his wisdom, to deal with it, to tackle it, and to actually conquer it, to have it be elevated. Because as St. Thomas Aquinas would teach, grace, supernatural grace, it builds on and perfects our human nature. And so we can actually become something greater than Adam and Eve could have hoped to become at least without God's grace. So there's something supernatural, because grace is supernatural. It's not a natural thing. It's a supernatural thing, which means it comes from above. That's why we say supernatural, right? Above nature. It's good to think about the words we use, right? So it's above nature. It comes from God. And it elevates and perfects our human nature. So we're given this gift because grace is a gift. We receive it by faith, by believing that God wants to give it, that he does give it, that it's actually becoming active in our lives as we receive it. And that allows us to answer our call to love. It, it allows us to become what God actually created us to be. Men and women of love, children of God, who is love. So it's not that God loves, it's not something he does, it's who he is. And as his children, that's what we are called to become. It's a calling, it's a vocation that we all share. And the Beatitudes, as was highlighted in that number from the Catechism, they, they spell that out for us. It makes it a little more concrete for us. And we didn't read the Beatitudes today. But the point of the Beatitudes and the point of receiving the Holy Spirit, as Paul is talking about here today, is that it actually does allow us to live a supernatural lifestyle. So it allows us on a certain level to rise above our fallen nature. And the law of the flesh. And there's different laws of the flesh. I was thinking about that before Mass. What's one law of the flesh that people tend to think about or believe? Survival of the fittest. Survival of the fittest. That's not in the gospel, right? But that's something that 
we've come to believe about the flesh. And it's kind of the, the law of the jungle, you might say. It's the law of the jungle. So yeah, it applies to nature, but it doesn't apply necessarily to the children of God. So we shouldn't apply that in, a, in a, such a fundamental way to the gospel or to our life in Christ. Another one is you get what you deserve. Well, whenever we ask God to have mercy on us, we're actually asking God not to treat us in the way that we deserve. Have you ever thought about that? When we say, Lord, have mercy, Christ, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. We're asking God not to treat us the way that we deserve to be treated. Hmm. It's a good thing to meditate on, too. And there's others out there. So those laws, the laws of the world, if you will, that are very much performance-based, because we live in a very performance-based society, and not that that's all bad, don't get me wrong, but it's really not how our relationship with God works. But rather, he enables us to do special things because we are special. Did you follow that? So we are special. We are children of God in the order of grace. And because of who we are, we're able to do the works of God. How? By the power of the what? Holy Spirit. All right. You're with me. It's good. But again, that is a little bit contrary to the logic of the world. And so we have to approach this with faith. And Jesus, talking about approaching, Jesus wants us to approach him. Come to me, he said today. This is one of my favorite gospel passages, Matthew 11, 28, 29, and 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Well, who, who here labors and is burdened, right? I mean, that's everybody, isn't it? That's all of us. So he's inviting all of us to come to him, and he promises us. Look it, it's a promise. I will give you rest. That's God talking to us. It's God talking to you. He will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am meek and humble of heart. So God is not a meanie. Kids, did you know that? God is not a meanie. Do they still use that word? I don't know. God is not mean. That came to me in my prayer the other day. I just thought I would share that. Of course, we don't believe that with our heads, right? But sometimes, I think with our hearts, we have a hard time approaching God for the comfort, the encouragement, and the affirmation that we're really longing for, that we all long for, that we all need, that we all desire. And so, instead of turning to God, we turn to our phones, we turn to the refrigerator, the liquor cabinet, you name it, the internet. We turn to all of these things. 
And then we, we tend to get enslaved to them. We just celebrated Fourth of July, freedom. How many of you have seen Sound of Freedom, the new movie out? Some of you already? Yeah, I saw it with my mom yesterday. Go see it. Don't bring your kids. It's not a kid's movie. But go see Sound of Freedom. The producer is a devout Catholic, Eduardo Verastegui. I don't know, some of you might remember him, especially the ladies. He's a Mexican heartthrob who made Bella several years ago. They made the movie Bella. And so there's devout Catholics. Jim Caviezel, who played Jesus in The Passion of the Christ, he's the main actor in this movie, Sound of Freedom. He plays a man, Tim Ballard, who started uh, the Underground Railroad. And so he, he rescues kids from uh, childhood slavery, sex trafficking. Okay, we're not going to get into that from up here. But it's really well done. It's hard to watch. But again, it's beautiful because you see the heroic love of this man who wants to save just one little girl. She's the sister of a little boy that he's already rescued. And the little boy says, will you save my little sister? Well, actually, it's, it's his older sister. Will you save my sister? And he, spoiler alert, he saves her, right? But it's beautiful the way that he lays down his life to try to save this little girl. And so that's inspiring. I, I've listened to some interviews, Jim Caviezel, and, who speaks about playing this role and, and the man who he's playing is still alive. Tim is still alive today. He's a Mormon, father of nine kids, but what an amazing man. What an amazing man. And what a beautiful thing that they've done to get this movie done. By the way, it's been sitting on the shelves for five years. Disney's been sitting on it for five years because they didn't want it to get out. But Eduardo, Verastegui, and his friends, they, they somehow got the rights, they bought the rights you know, back, and, and so they've now distributed it, and it's doing really well. They've already sold over two million tickets since the 4th of July. So please support it, please go out, see it, spread the word, it's important. So Jesus invites us to come to him to find the rest, the peace that we all long for, the freedom, the freedom that we all long for, the freedom to be loved and to love as God loves us, as we were created to love. And so let's ask the Holy Spirit to help us experience that for ourselves today, that God actually wants us all to be loved. He wants us to experience the power of his love, the sweetness of his love, the power of his love to set us free. And, and that gives us the, the grace, the power to love others. Cool little story, I just want to share it. I, was, I literally flew home uh, this afternoon. I was visiting my family in Connecticut and I was sitting next to this guy in the plane, and he had a brace on his foot. It was all bandaged up. And I'm like, okay, I need to ask him about that, and I need to ask him if I can pray for his foot, because now you know I like to pray for healing, right? So as we're taxiing, getting up to the gate, and it's quieter now, I said, hey, um, 
how's your foot? He's like, oh, I broke it yesterday at work. I was like, oh, man. I said, do you mind if I pray for your foot? He's like, no, no, that'd be cool. That'd be great. I said, what's your name? He said, Joshua. I said, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm Father Jason. I said, are you a believer? He says, well, I'm Jewish. I said, all right. I said, hey, Jesus was a Jew. And he goes, no, my mom was Christian. My dad was, uh, was Jewish, and they got divorced, and so I was you know, raised Jewish. But no, I, I, I respect that. He's like, yeah, please, I would appreciate it if you would pray for me. So I prayed for his foot. He said he felt a lot better. He said, I felt that energy, felt that good energy. I'm like, hey, praise God. So we'll see, you know, if he wakes up tomorrow and his foot is healed, then he might just be more interested in chasing after Jesus, right? And finding the fulfillment of that Jewish heritage. And I explained that to him as well. I said, hey, look, you know, the Old Testament was fulfilled in the New, but everything in the New was foreshadowed in the Old. He's like, oh, I never heard that before. I'm like, yeah, it's good stuff, man. So he was 45, I'm 50, so we, we connected. It was good. So let us not be afraid, dear brothers and sisters, to love and to chase after Jesus with all kinds of faith, with all kinds of confidence, because he's not a meanie, and he wants us to feel loved. He wants us to feel welcomed. He wants us to be blessed and healed and encouraged and affirmed. But then he does want us to respond. He wants us to go out and answer our vocation to love. And nobody can love the way that you love. Nobody can love the way that this Tim Ballard loves. But it's inspiring. Whenever we meet people who love the way that God is calling them to love, it's inspiring. It's beautiful. Mother Teresa, I like to joke. I don't think she would have won any beauty contests, but she was a beautiful woman. Right? She was inspiring. She was inspiring because she loved so much. There's another little story about some visionary of of Mary. This this kid, he saw Mary and he said, why are you so beautiful? And she said, because I love much. Because I love much. So let's ask God to help us all receive his love in abundance and to love in abundance in return. Amen.